Welcome back to the End-to-End Hockey Podcast. Me and Joe are with you and always with you. And uh, this is our first episode of Season 4, so we've gone four seasons with End-to-End. But unfortunately, our time with the Breakdown Sports has come to an end, so that has seized operation the website and the End-to-End Podcast is being taken by me and Joe on our, our own terms. We're going to be doing this still the End-to-End Podcast every weekend if we can. But yeah, the Breakdown Sports will not be part of the podcast. It is our own podcast now, so we can do whatever we want. And we're going to talk hockey as much as we can because there is a ton of hockey news to talk about, especially this week. So we'll get right into it. Joe, how you doing? We got a lot of things to talk about. Man, Oh yeah, this is going to be huge. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. There's a ton to get to, and we're still going to be like not even including like, you know, the expansion draft and the NHL draft in this episode. This is just pure trades signings re-signings and just other small news around this time frame because there has been an absolute whirlwind of news the last like two weeks like this has been the best off season i can remember and it's not even done yet that's the best part (laughs) yeah there's still jack eichel on the board and vladimir tarasenko are still needed to be traded so in future episodes we'll definitely talk about that but this is the first official episode of season four and on our own for the n10 hockey podcast but We'll get right into it and talk about something else that's new. The Seattle Kraken. They went to work. They literally went Kraken on this offseason so far. I don't think any of the moves we saw coming would happen. And the expansion draft was uh, kind of spoiled for us by Frank Cervalli on <laughs> the daily faceoff. But that's okay. We still got an offseason with the Seattle Kraken. And they did some work. So want to get to the first signing, Joe? First goalie signing. Yes. Yeah, so this one was actually a really, really big surprise. And that was Philip Grubauer, who was negotiating with the Colorado Avalanche on free agency day, turned around and signed with the Seattle Kraken for six years at $5.9 million per year. And now Seattle's got their starting goalie. So before they had Dridger signed, they had they picked up Banachek. So they everyone thought that would be kind of like their one-two punch. Dridger would be the starter. But now it looks like it's going to be Grubauer and Dridger. And then they actually traded Vanacek back to the Capitals for a second round pick. So that the Seattle Kraken made their first big uh, reel in, I guess you could say, of the offseason. They got their starting goalie, 29-year-old Grubauer, who was a Vesna finalist this year. And then in addition to that, they signed a couple of other guys from a few yeah. other teams. So I'll just get to them quickly. Jaden Schwartz, who's been with the Blues his whole career, won the Cup with them in 2019. Signed a massive five-year, $5.5 million per year deal with the Seattle Kraken. That's going to bolster their forward depth, which me and you both thought they had a really weak forward core uh, just based on the expansion draft, but he's going to bolster that. They also signed Alex Wenberg to a pretty rich three-year, $4.5 million per year contract to be that first or second line center while Yanni Gord is recovering from shoulder surgery. So what do you think of these uh, big three signings, I guess, uh, for the Seattle Kraken? It's it's a hefty price to pay for that organization who's fresh in the league. But I think it's something they needed to do for, especially the fans, especially because now you get what? Now you can market a Vesna goalie uh, finalist in your lineup, which is pretty cool. Jane Swartz, who's won a cup. And then the other one, Alexander Wenberg, he all, coming off a good year with the Florida Panthers, but just a bit too much money for me. But these are three signings that are, making your team better for next year. And with a division like the Pacific division, anything can happen possibly in that, <laughs> in that hemisphere of teams because they're not very good. So Seattle has a chance to pounce on an opportunity to make the playoffs in their first year, like the Vegas golden Knights. But 
with the Seattle signings, the three signings, I think it's a good move for that organization. Just maybe a little bit overpayments on each side with the term and money, but I mean, solid. And, you know, we saw two Vezina finalist goalies, one winning the Vezina getting traded, the other one leaving his team. Are we going to be seeing Vashlevsky? No, no, we're not going to be seeing Vashlevsky. But but solid signings for the Kraken to start their franchise. You can't complain when you have these guys in your lineup, right? So, Yeah, for sure. Like you said, a little bit too much money for all of them. But, I mean, like you said, it's to excite the fans. They have pedigree, the players. They're someone you can market, especially like Grubau where – you could say to the fans, hey, he was a Vezina finalist. Now he's our number one. For Schwartz, this guy has cup experience. And Wedberg's like a skilled um, centerman. So, yep. like you said, overpaid a little bit for all of them, I would say. But they had all this cap space for a reason. Right. And they, they used a lot of it to make their team better. And that Pacific is going to be awful this year. <laughs> and they have a real shot at making it to the yeah. playoffs like Vegas did in their first year. So, we'll see what happens with the Kraken. Yeah, they have 16 million cap space going into the year. Maybe another move coming in the offseason, but they basically have a massive decor as well with Mark Giordano, Jamie Alexiak, Adam Larson, Carson Soucy. You just keep going. They also have Vince Dunn to get uh, re-signed as well because he's an RFA. So they they have a bit of work to do. I'm not saying like they're going to go out there and sign more players or trade for more players, but like they could maybe add a few depth players here and there. Imagine if they offer sheeted someone like Patterson. No. They could, from, they could definitely offer you, but I mean, like in the realm of possibility and things like where it's probably not going to happen, but that would be crazy. Imagine just stealing them from Vancouver. Who's going to be like their new yeah. <laughs> rival because of the location of the cities. That'd be yeah. nuts. <laughs> but it, it, it's weird to see them go after Philip Grubauer, especially when like we literally thought Chris Dreger and Vanacek were going to be the one two this year, because now they have about almost $10 million in goalie in goalies 9.4 to be exact this year which is something i didn't really think was going to happen with that team yeah for sure but i guess they really saw that opportunity um to like it's still an upgrade to the position yeah yeah don't get us wrong it's still an upgrade but like i think the whole that whole kind of saga with colorado was really Mm -hmm. surprising like everyone thought okay they re-signed landis which we'll get to soon they're gonna go to grubauer they re-signed mccarr which we'll get to soon so now grubauer's next and all of a sudden he's gone (laughs) And Seattle just took him yeah. up. So I guess yeah. they just jumped on that opportunity. Yeah, I guess that was the weird part where he's still negotiating and then he just had left. So, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's it on the Kraken. If anything they do, we'll keep you updated and through the offseason. But I mean, this team we're getting to, the Chicago Blackhawks have been in the news a lot recently since the playoffs has ended. They went to work. They got Seth Jones and then signed him for 9.5 for eight years, which is a big move. They got Marc-Andre Fleury, a Vesna finalist, and won the Vesna for nothing. And then they got Tyler Johnson from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for still Brent Seabrook. I don't even know. what I thought he retired. <laughs> but they <laughs> traded him to the Tampa Bay Lightning, just LTIR spot. But they went to work this year, uh, this offseason. And I got to give the Blackhawks credit for getting these guys. Just hefty price to play for Seth Jones. Oh, yeah. Like, their actual them giving up pieces was not – Okay, the Jones deal, they gave up quite a bit to get him. Mm. Um, and they did pay a lot for him. Like He has not been that good the last two years. And they locked him up like he's like yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, Makar, who we'll get to shortly. So that was a massive deal. Everyone was kind of surprised at that number for sure. Maybe not yeah. the eight years, but definitely 9.5 is a lot for Seth Jones. And I mean, I guess their thinking is, especially with getting flurries, like they want to try to squeeze one more, at least – 
playoff run out of the team they have. They have Jonathan Taze coming back, which will be huge for them. Mm-hmm. You got Kane there, who's still amazing. The Brankad Docs coming into his own. Um, you know, they got some pieces there, and they want they definitely upgraded on defense and goaltending this offseason. Oh. It's just they had to pay a big price for Jones yeah. to to sign that, but. It's kind of weird what they're doing because they're. I guess they're trying to push for a playoff spot, even though everyone thought like they're in a rebuild period. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play next year. Yeah, no, it is for sure. This is going to be the team to keep your eye on because they have a surplus of old players, young players, and then middle-aged players like Seth Jones. But yeah, he's on contract for another year. So in 2022-2023, the deal kicks in and then that's going to be a weird situation because imagine if the Blackhawks don't make the playoffs this year, then they have this $9.5 million defenseman who's going to be in a rebuild, which is not the greatest position you want to be in if you're going through a rebuild. But like you said, they have some young talent included. And that one guy with this never really talked about Dominic Kubalik, who's just an unbelievable player, I think in my opinion, but just other players like that. And they signed Jujar Kara for a really cheap deal, to be honest, but not worth a whole lot of money. And then they um, signed Jake McCabe, a defenseman, which is pretty good. So they have a lot of money tied up in players that I think are middle-aged players that you know could be an issue going to their rebuild if they go next year. But clearly it looks like the plan is to try and make a last push, like you said. But it's a weird, weird situation, which I don't think we've ever seen before. They have like a veteran presence throughout their lineup, then young, and then their depth's not very good. And then I don't know what's going to happen. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like, they got rid of Keith, obviously. We talked yeah. about that a few weeks ago. Seabrook's gone. So, like, that whole defense has kind of been revamped, I guess you could say. Um, they did give up Boquist when they traded for Jones, which is a lot in addition to the picks. So, yeah. we'll see how that turns out. But, yeah, it's com- it's going to be a very different team, that's for sure, than last year. Yep, for sure. We'll see if they can squeeze into the playoffs in that that central division because, as we talked before the podcast started, it's it's gotten worse for some reason. So, Colorado's still at the top of the food chain there, but it's just like, and I, I guess anyone could make it, right? Yep. Okay, we'll go to back to the Pacific Division and talk about the maybe the biggest rivalry for the Seattle Kraken, but in terms of the rivalry now, it's the team that left the Pacific Division who dealt with the team that's still in it. The Vancouver Canucks and the Arizona Coyotes made a big trade. Uh, I think it was on draft day or day before. It was Connor Garland and OEL to the... Uh, Vancouver Canucks in exchange for Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, the ninth pick on the night, which was Dylan Gunther, a second in 2022 and a seventh in 2023. It's a lot to take in, a lot to take in. That, this was a blockbuster, like every sense of the words. You have a massive, you know, defense, I guess big name defenseman. He's not really as good as he was a couple of years ago, but he's got making a lot of money. They got Garland in there who re-signed with them, I believe, five years at 4.9. So they, they got him locked up to be in the top six, which I think is a good addition for them. OEL makes a ton of money, but I believe Arizona is retaining about $1.2 million of that. So he's technically there for seven, which is easier, a little bit easier to stomach. But they gave up the ninth pick in the draft in Gunther, who dropped a second in 2022 and a seventh, like you said. Um, this is a bit of a weird one. I think we were talking about this earlier that it helps the Canucks a lot this upcoming season. Like you said, another in the week Pacific, which they're in to make the playoffs, but then in the future, like it might cause a lot of cap concerns with that OEL contract. Yeah. And like you said, I think they took on some salary, the coyotes 
because that's what they just have been doing all year or all offseason for some reason. I mean, you make an all-star team out of the players they've gotten on this squad a few years ago. They're definitely in the playoffs, but not this year. But Ekman Larson, I think they're eating uh, just a million dollars of his uh, cap hit, which is not great for Canucks. But, I mean, you're dealing with a, what, seven-year left, $7.2 million contract now in the Canucks, which is going to be their second highest paid defenseman because Quinn Hughes is definitely getting more than that after we've seen all the contracts handed out to defensemen this year. So it's a, it's a weird one, like you said. Definitely makes the Canucks a better team today. Just don't know maybe in two years down the line it's going to make them a better team. So... The Dylan yeah. Gunther pick, I, I think like, I don't know if, I think it had to be, yeah, it had to be included because you're dumping off three contracts that are absolutely terrible, but they also did have one year left, which is not uh, unbelievably, like, like it's not a high price to pay, but I guess that's the price Arizona wanted, right? And then I give props to Arizona, man. They're recouping all the assets they lost in the past few years. Well, yeah, we also didn't really mention that. I think we mentioned it last time, but the Andrew Ladd, trade yeah i think the islanders gave them like two seconds <laughs> as well to yeah. just take them off the books so they've just been hoarding all these picks which is good for them because they're mm-hmm. rebuilding they may even have some more pieces that's been rumored to go trading like christian dvorak who's got i think three or four years left at 4.5 um clayton keller's still just chilling there making over seven million to do nothing mm-hmm. and then they have their best player uh jacob chikorin who's locked up for the next couple of years. So, yeah, I guess they're, they're doing a youth movement over there in Arizona. They also got Phil Kessel there, who they might trade as well, who's got one year left on his deal. So Arizona's still a team to keep an eye on for sure this offseason. Yeah, both of these teams are definitely teams to keep your eye on because I don't really – like the Canucks are definitely a better team now. I just don't know if maybe they can get into the playoffs. Like their depth is a bit weak. Just they signed a lot of depth actually and then – I guess we could get into those signings as well. I think they signed Tucker Pullman four years at, I want to say, $2.5 million. I'm just fine trying to find the note. But, oh, there it is. Um, Luke Shen as well, Yaroslav Halak. So it's a, it's a lot. It's it's a lot to take in for the Canucks. It makes them a better team for sure. Just, you know, I don't know how much Tucker Pullman's going to make that defense better, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we also, we're going to get to the other team soon, but they literally, like, I saw a tweet, it's like last offseason, sign Holpe, re-sign Vertanen, trade for Schmidt. Yeah. And then this year, buy out Vertanen, buy out Holpe, and then trade away Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a carousel of players each year for the Canucks, it, it seems like, in the past few seasons. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're definitely a good team, just I don't know how good they are to get over the hump of Vegas. You know, even McDavid, I know McDavid doesn't really, well, now he does have help, actually. We could get right into that because the Edmonton Oilers are a freaking weird team. And Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry we're skipping the notes here, but I think this is well overdue because the Oilers have been astronomically dumb this offseason. Ken, Ken Holland and his staff because, uh, as I mentioned, McDavid's going to get help and he's getting help from Zach Hyman this year. Seven years, $5.5 million. What are your thoughts on that contract? I'm glad the Leafs did not put pen to paper on that. And I know there was reports out there saying the ballpark range was around that for the Leafs. I don't think the cap it was as high. I think it was $5 million, eight years, actually. Mm-hmm. But I'm staying away from that contract signing. I think Zach Hyman's a brilliant talent. But seven years of a player like Zach Hyman with two ACL injuries is not going to look good. Like maybe yeah. what, what, two years? I'll give him two, three years of good Zach Hyman. 
Yeah, I think he'll be fine for like half that contract and then the other half will be awful. Because like you said, like you were even talking about it when we were heading to free agency. Like I don't think it's smart for the Leafs to sign him because he's 29. He's had those injuries. Like, yes, he tore his ACL during the playoffs, but he also had that MCL sprain this year. His brand of hockey does not translate well over the course of a contract at all. Right. Um, like he's, he doesn't rely on skill. He relies like heavily, like on his body and like getting into the corners and whatever, like that's just his game. And the, every team needs a player like that, but that's just the years is like just too much. Like, if it was mm-hmm. five years and maybe it'd be more stomachable, but seven is just too much. Yeah. And like you said, a type of player like him, they don't come around often. No. And when they do, you need them in your lineup. But at, at the same time, you're like, don't really want to deal with seven years of that player. And I love Zach. I, mean, I liked, really liked him on the Leafs. Just cheaper term, cheaper money would have been way better for the Oilers and the Maple Leafs to be, uh, to be specific. But yeah, it's just, it's a lot to take in for the Oilers. And I don't see how this helps McDavid in the future, um, especially if he's going to stay there, that franchise. I don't know if he will with the other signings we're going to mention, but Tyson Barrier re-ups three years, 4.5 million. I think it's pretty solid, not Terrible for a guy who led the league in points. If I make four point five, <laughs> for as yeah, a defenseman, like it, sorry. Yeah, it's not the worst contract. It's just like they need help defending, <laughs> and then they let Adam Larson walk for nothing because apparently yeah. they offered him the same contract Seattle did. But I guess he just wanted a change of scenery. <laughs> I'm sure they could have gave him four point five, an extra half a million a year. Yeah, but um, yeah. So Barry's a decent signing uh, overall because he's just going to quarterback that lethal power play still and that's all he's really there for just to provide uh offense for the blue line yep. and then the next signing here we got smitty coming <laughs> back two years at two million dollars a year the guy's 39 and backing him up is the lovely miko koskinen making four and a half to do nothing <laughs> their goalie situation sucks edmonton Yes, Smith had a great year. It was an anomaly. I don't think he's going to be as good next year. I just can't see it. Um, it's just they don't really have a goalie. They literally had to protect Stuart Skinner for their expansion draft because that's how little faith they have in their goaltending situation. <laughs> yeah. That's, so. And like you said, Joe, you just said, like, oh, man, like I don't think Smith – like he had a good season last year. I don't think he's going to do it next year. He has to do it for the next two years. Yeah, not one, yeah. two. <laughs> So he's gonna be what forty one when that ends. Like, yep. I don't think Smith's an awful goalie, but like, is that your starter for the next two years, Edmonton? Like, really? Like, the only thing I could see is that they somehow get rid of Koskinen, and then Skinner split starts with like Smith this year, not even yeah. next year, this year. I don't even know if I would trust that. Like, there's a goalie you just got traded for a third round pick and then signed for three million, Alex Andelkovich, who. Edmonton, you could have easily, easily got that goaltender. And he's yep. better than Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. But mm-hmm. we're here talking about two old goaltenders who are not very good, starting for a team who has the best player in the league and maybe not win anything. So, and then this doesn't help either. Um, Cody Chech, four mil, or sorry, four years, 3.25. Like, come on, man. Like, yes, he had a decent year with the Penguins, but he was also making like 1.5. Yeah, like... And the Pens waited on him to sign him. I believe it was like 15 days in the offseason last year when he left the Leafs. And obviously Leafs fans know him. I know him. It's He's not a very good hockey player. But he had a good season in Pittsburgh. And 
you know, that's because he was sheltered. But now I think it's different here because you're playing in a Canadian market and he knows that. I mean, he played in Ottawa and Toronto for God's sake, but now you're playing with the best player in the NHL, basically when you're going to be on the ice with him and you're making this kind of money. Like I, I just like it's come on. Like you, you can't sign that deal and hope for scoring when you don't get scoring for McDavid on dry cell on nights, right? Like, it's going to be basically like Nurse playing 30 a night on the day, like how he did this year, basically. Because look, the top four next year for them is going to be like yeah. Nurse, Barry, and then Duncan, Keith, and Chi-Chi. It's just, I mean, you can't I mean, call him Chi-Chi. Like, you just can't do that, right? Like, I don't know. Like, and like, I feel bad for Oscar Clefbaum because he may not even play hockey again, which is terrible. News I don't, for, yeah, that's, that's bad. Terrible for him and the Edmonton Oilers because that's the, that's a defense when they needed a lineup. That's a defense when they they thought they got in Cody, CC, and Duncan Keith, but they're just not Oscar Clefbaum. Just it's just like stupid money like this, like thrown around four years of like four years of Cody CC, man. Like, come on. Yeah, that's absurd. Like two years, fine, not four. Like, come on. And then the trade they made. I believe this trade was before the Tyson Berry and Cody CC signing. Ethan Bear gets traded for Warren Fogle, which does help their forward group and in, in, for depth scoring. He's a good power forward. But you have Ethan Bear on your team, and he barely played, and you just gave him up like to sign Barry and Jet, right? Like, oh, man. Uh, yeah, this, this has been a disastrous offseason for Edmonton. Like, I really hope it doesn't look stupid, and like on paper it looks – more stupid than when they're actually on the ice. Like, I hope it looks good on the ice for McDavid's sake. For God, like, I, like I just don't see it happening though that way. Yeah, I don't see it either. It's oh, man, it's frustrating, right? Like, you want to see the best player in the game, regardless if you hate the Oilers, love the Oilers, you don't like their management, you don't like their fans. It's just really frustrating to see one of the best players in NHL history probably is going to go down as not have much success, but. Like, like we said, year after year, he has to put the team on his back, and this is another year he has to do that, right? Yep, that's for sure. So that's that's enough Edmonton news because that team makes everyone frustrated, regardless if you're an Edmonton. It makes Calgary fans, Calgary Flames fans frustrated. Like, that's how bad the Edmonton always have been this offseason. And Flames haven't been much better, I guess, because they lost their captain for nothing and then signed. I guess we could talk about that one. Blake Coleman for six years, 4.9, which is – an overpayment once again. Like, it's been a theme this offseason. Yeah, another overpayment here. Coleman's a good player. Six years is way too much for a guy that's 29 years old. He's going to be, like, 35, making almost $5 million. He's another type, like a Hyman type, uh, where he uses his physical. He's good for checking. He has score goals. Um, he is a good player. But, again, that term is too much. Like if it was four years at 4.9, it would have been better, but it's six, which just makes it worse. But it is a good player, much like Hyman, but again, too much term in my opinion. Yep. Yep. Well, I get you need players like this and you just saw it for the past two years, Blake Coleman and the other guy, Barkley Goudreau got signed for six years as well. But I guess like when you're watching them play and you're watching them see how a success, right? Like you think that's going to translate into your lineup. I, I think it might. Uh, Blake Coleman will be definitely good on the Flames. Just like it's a lot of, it's a big pill to swallow in terms of AAV in six years, right? Like, yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, you could go to the Rangers because they made a lot of moves. I don't think they're for the good, but oh my yeah, God. it's just a theme, man, this year, man. Like, okay, so 
I mentioned Barkley Goodrow. He got six years. I believe it was 3.6, which is the money's not terrible. It's the six years that's really concerning, especially yeah. for a guy who's going to be in your bottom six, right? Yeah. But like I like we we're about to get to, they made another very puzzling trade where they shipped off Pavel Buchnevich to the St. Louis Blues for Sammy Blaze, who's another bottom six forward and a second round pick in next year's draft. And then uh, Buchnevich immediately re-signed in St. Louis. I believe it was four years at 5.8. Yep. Solid. Yeah, something like that. Very solid deal. Buchnevich had a great year last year. He's 26 years old. He's really going to help that Blues top six. Uh, we'll just stick to the Blues here for a second. They also uh, re-signed – actually, not re-signed. They signed Brandon Saad to a five-year, $4.5 million deal, which, again, a, a little bit too rich for both of us, I think. Five mm. years is a lot for Saad. He's going to be 29 uh, this year. So I'm, he's Saad's a solid player, middle six winger, second, third line winger. Yep. Um, a bit too much term again. The money's okay. But, again, just another contract where the term <laughs> just kills the whole, like, outlook <laughs> of it. Yeah, and this is a guy I wanted the Leafs to sign if they – you know, they have the cap space. They had the cap space at the time on free agency when it opened to sign a player like this. But the five years is just, I, I didn't want them to do that. Maybe two or three years at 4.5 would have been healthy with, but that's a bit too rich. But Grandson's a good player. You just maybe won't provide as much as you think in the five years he's there. Yeah, definitely not. And then switching back years to the Rangers, they just, they just uh, keep being. Uh, obsessed with grinders because they signed Jared Tenorti for two years at 900k who's essentially like a grinder defenseman then the most the dumbest trade I've probably seen they acquired Ryan Reeves from the Vegas Golden Knights for a third round pick and then proceeded to re-sign Reeves to a one-year 1.75 million dollar deal and this is a Ryan Reeves who still has a year left on his deal so this is technically a two-year commitment to Reeves <laughs> He's going to be 35 in January. So what are your you, thoughts you, on that? You, 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 no, you know why they traded for him. Tom Wilson broke them. <laughs> yep. He clearly. owns that franchise. It's just like, you know, I want to see these young, exciting players, the Rangers, you know, Vitaly Kratzoff, Lafreniere, Kako. And I think they'll excel just like, I don't know if they're ready for top six minutes in that way, but with these, these moves and signings, like, Big bodies for the Rangers. We're just going to make them tougher to play against, no doubt. But commitment is crazy. Like, you just traded Pavel Buchnevich for Sammy Blay in a second? Like, really? Like, is that how desperately you needed size? I know. Like, you just got fleece. And, like, you, he, like Buchnevich had the most, like, value possible. Yeah. He was at RFA. You still had control. And you had a great year. And then you just gave him away for not much. Like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Chris yeah, Drew's been a disaster so far. Yeah, and that, like you said, that has to do with Tom Wilson basically dummying the franchise. Like, I, yep. I don't think that's a secret anymore, really, because you know you're clearly seeing it, right? You're, the moves they made, it's big body, uh, hard to play against players, which are going to be hard to play against, no doubt. But just like the price they had to pay for these guys is astronomically dumb. Yeah, a hundred percent. But you know. That that um, Metropolitan Division, we can get to the other team who's made moves there because they made big, big moves. And I'm not even talking about the actual move itself. I'm talking about the players they've gotten. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers we're talking about. They got Rasmus Sisterlinen from the Buffalo Sabres for 
Haig and the 14th overall pick, which is not Will Borgner. That's a player who was drafted by Seattle. I think it was Isaac something. I don't know. Some Swedish player in a second. Doesn't matter. But they get Rasmus Ristolainen, who is a massive defenseman. And that's been a theme in that division, as I said, because, well, I mean, everyone's been getting really big players there. I, yeah. I, hey, I want to talk about Ristolainen for a second because you, you and I know he's not going to be the same Rasmus Ristolainen as Buffalo. He's going to be better. Come on. You can't. 100% he'll be better. The only thing is that, like, they paid a first-round pick for a guy who's been awful for years. Like, yeah. both the eye test and analytics. You can look at <laughs> anything on this guy. He's been awful. You look at the plus-minus. Like Plus-minus. The guy's, like, basically winning the Masters every other year. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so he has one year left at 5.4, which is a lot. But the Flyers really revamped a lot of their team. Like we said, they were going to be very active in the offseason, and they have been very active in the offseason. Uh, this goes along with the Ryan Ellis trade they made. They shipped off Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick. And then another big trade that they made, this was, I think, on either the second draft day. Yeah, the second day yeah. of draft day, right in the morning. They dealt Jake Voracek, who they were – Wanted to move, I guess, for a couple of years now. There's kind of been friction there. Back to the Columbus Blue Jackets, where he originally was drafted, for Cam Atkinson. So, Voracek, I think, has three years left at 8.2, which is a lot for him. Like, he does not, he's not worth that money no. at all. But again, this is a guy who's a playmaker. Uh, we didn't even talk about Line A. He accepted his qualifying offer. So, he's staying in Columbus another year at 7.5. Uh, Voracek's a guy that could feed him on the power play. He's obviously a great playmaker still. He's not going to score many goals, but he's someone that Columbus, now that they're kind of turning over their entire roster, right. uh, they he can play first-line power play and all that. They can score some goals there maybe. But then on the Philly side for Atkinson, they get a guy who's who they need a goal scorer because they have too many playmakers on that team. Voracek was included. Yep. Atkinson's a guy that can score goals. He had a couple of down years injured here and there. But I think he's still got two or three years left at 5.8. So they're saving about almost three. They're saving about two and a half million dollars there, which is a smart move for them. They got guys who can play make, he can score. So I think it works out solidly for both teams in the end. Because again, Columbus is rebuilding. They're okay with the cap hit because they have to reach the floor. And then for Philly, they get they change a guy that they wanted to get rid of for a guy that can score a couple more goals for them. Yeah, no, put it perfectly. Just I mean, you had to make change if you're the Flyers this year, right? Like, you can't – it's like the Leafs almost, but the Leafs didn't really make that much change in the big four, you know, we call them here. But, like, the Flyers, they move a guy who's been in the franchise for a long time, and he's well known in that franchise. And you moved him for Cam Atkinson, which helps both the Columbus Blue Jackets and your own franchise because they need scoring clearly <laughs> because they got yeah. blown up by the Rangers twice, like 9-2 or something like that, which, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't play a huge factor two games, but it's still like you're looking at the scoring, right? It's not really there. And you can't go in the same uh, – you can't go in the next season with the same team, right? And they didn't do that. They got moves. They made big big, big moves for defensemen and forwards. And then they got Martin Jones at the back end, which won't help, <laughs> which is weird. But they got RFA, Carter Hart uh, this year to sign – Travis Sanaheim RFA to sign. It's it's going to be a weird time in Philadelphia because if it doesn't work, then this team will be very ridiculed in the future because this is the team that went to what the conference finals or the second round versus the Islanders with a team who was very good defensively, didn't score a lot of goals, and that was clearly the issue why they got Cam Atkinson. So 
I, I really am fascinated by this Flyers team to see what the hell they're going to do next year because they have a good team. There's no doubt about that. Just if they can put it together, that's the problem. You know, I think remember uh, when Matt Niskanen retired mm-hmm. uh, right after the bubble, we said like it was kind of like a low key, like he was like a big part of that defense because he was Provorov's partner. Yeah. And that kind of like really bit them in the ass too because Provorov had like a down year. So they're kind of revamped that entire defense, like you said. And defense was a strong suit of theirs uh, in the bubble, like you said. And Carter Hart was really good. So, like I said, they kind of revamped that whole blue line, made a couple big changes. So, we'll see what happens. Because I think, like, it's almost time for that core. Like, Giroux still there, Couturier. Mm -hmm. It might be time to, like, either move on from guys like that. So, who knows what's going to happen in Philly. Because, again, they haven't had much. I mean, they made the finals, like, in 2010. But they haven't, like, really had that much success since then. So we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, and they're a big ho- hockey market, and all eyes are on them. And then I'm looking at their cap for right now, Joe. It's it's not good for next year. Um, Claude Giroux, UFA, Sean Couturier, UFA, Joel Farabee, RFA, Morgan Frost, RFA, Ristolainen, oh. UFA, Braun, UFA, Keith Yandel, who they got, which is a really good signing for them, I feel, UFA, Samuel Moran, RFA, and then Martin Jones, UFA, which is not a big deal. But it's it's not the last dance if you're putting – quotations on that but it's sort of like okay like your time's now got yeah go. exactly like i think next year is a big year for them and if if it doesn't go well then there's going to be a lot of change in that yeah. organization the gym might probably going to get fired the coaching potentially yeah. so we'll see what happens over there in philly we'll see what happens so that was metropolitan news we'll go back to the central division and the wild and stars have been uh, busy this offseason to say the least so i don't think we mentioned this but parise and Suter obviously got bought out which is very surprising considering <laughs> they both signed on the same day both got bought out on the same day and it's <laughs> crazy but ryan Suter re-upped with the dallas stars four years 3.65 which was a lot for you right yes way too many years the guy's gonna be 37 in january like Yes, he's still like a solid defenseman, not worth what he was making in mini, obviously. So the money is fine with me, but if it was two years, I feel like it would have been perfect. So two years at like 3.65, which would have been perfect. But four years, like he's going to be 40 making that much. Like who knows? Like next year he could fall off of the wagon. You oh, never yeah. know what these defensemen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they also signed Holpe to a one-year $2 million contract. So now they got him, Kudobin, and Bishop as their goalies for next year. Uh, they got to ship one of those guys out, <laughs> and I don't know which one it is. It's either going to be Hudobin or Holtby. <laughs> well, no, I they're mean, not. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Bishop. <laughs> well, they're, they're not going to ship one out. They're just going to put one in LTIR because we know who that is. Bishop. Because <laughs> he but seems to be. they got Jake Ottinger, too. That, yeah, then I looked at that, too. I was like, well, that's weird. Like, solid goalie, Jake Ottinger, this year. Yeah, he helped them a lot down the stretch because Hudobin was hurt and, like, yeah all that stuff. So I don't know. They got to figure it out in Dallas. I think this is Dallas's last year too, much like Philly. This is their last year because they got an older team. Yes. yes. They signed uh, Miro Heiskin into that massive eight year, $8.4 million contract, but he's only 22. So he's going to be there long-term. There's been questions about John Klinberg, who's I think a UFA after this yep. year. Yep. I believe Jamie Ben is as well. I could be wrong on that. That's their captain. Uh, Blake Como, Joe Pavelski, and Radulov are okay. So, so Radulov and Pavelski that's two guys of their top six. Pavelski had an unbelievable year last year. Um, 
I think this is their last kick at the can as well with, with Dallas, similar to Philly. Like, if they don't really do anything, I know they went to the finals two, two years ago or last year, I should say, yep. but they didn't get it done. The guys are mm. getting older. Uh, money keeps coming up and getting tied up. So I think the time is now for Dallas. If they can't get it done, if they're not healthy, then I think that's it for them too. Transition to the future. Yeah, we didn't even mention that Miro Heiskin one. We missed it the last couple of weeks, but that's a big contract to eat up. Yeah, and like he's gonna be. He's. I think maybe he'll mold into that contract. There's no doubt about that. But it's it's had a not bit of a so down much, year. Yeah, yeah, he had a down year, and it's not so much the contract. It's more so where that contract fits in with the team and where the team's direction is going. Cause that contract eats up 10% of the cap basically. So, mm-hmm. and then dude, like, like Philadelphia, like you said, that's a perfect example to be honest, because Felski, Radulov, uh, Dennis Gurionov, RFA, Jason Robertson, a monster. If he replicates that another RFA, they have to give money to Johnny yep. Kligberg, who's apparently asking for like 8 million. They have mm-hmm. to sign. Yep. It's, 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 yeah, it's looking like the near end of whatever they can do with that team. Right. And they're old and beaten. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Jim Nail, the GM there has been GM there for almost 10 years, kind of like Bergevin. He's been there a long time. They had that one run, like I said, like last year, Um, that was their only real significant run there. And they've made like a lot of moves. Remember they got Spezza back in the day. Like they just haven't really been able to get over the hump. Um, So like you said, I think this is like their last kick at the can with that core. Like Jamie Ben's not getting any younger. Sagan, I think, is going to be turning 30 soon. He just came off some serious surgeries yes. this past year. He barely came back, played a couple of games at the end of the year. Um, then, like we said, Pavelski, Radulov, those guys are in their mid to late 30s that have to be re-signed or whatever. So much like Philly, Dallas is in the very <laughs> similar spot. And then they just got even older with Ryan Suter. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll keep tabs on that because that division might look wide open considering um, Minnesota's situation. Kirill Kaprasov has not signed his deal yet. Yoel Eriksson, I don't think we mentioned that, but he re-up for eight years, 5.2, which is a lot to swallow eight years. It's a lot of term, man. This awesome. A lot of term for a guy that just had a solid year. He's, yeah. he's very similar to Deneau, a few years younger. Um, maybe he provides more offense, but he just literally had 30 points and the guy got over $5 million. Like. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, so they have – I think they're a playoff team, the Minnesota Wild, considering the defense when they got this offseason, Alex Gilgowski, 5 mil one year, and then Dmitry Kulikov they signed, and then John Merrill, which really buttons up their defense for sure. Definitely takes away the suitor and replaces them with those three defensemen. We're pretty good. Yes, they also saw Spurgeon, Brodeen, yep. Dumba still there. So they're, they still got a solid decor over there in mini. It's just more Kaprasov. There's still question marks on what he's going to get. Are they going to add another center like Jack Eichel potentially in a trade? Because their center yeah. position is still very, very weak. <laughs> their wingers are pretty are pretty good. Um, so we'll see what happens there in Minnesota. Yep. And I think, I believe, a team we talked about at the start for maybe a bit, but the Columbus Blue Jackets have been putting in work this offseason. Yarmo Kekalainen. I give full props to that guy because what he did a few years ago, letting all those UFAs go, which they probably weren't going to sign, but looked like a dark time for Columbus. And it's still dark, but the light is at the end of the tunnel, I think, because they got Jake Bean on draft day and, you know, they got him for a second round pick, which is pretty cheap. And they re-signed him to 2.4, two years, I believe. And then they re-signed another defenseman, Zach Wierenski, who had a massive, massive deal. 
Oh boy, this was absolutely out of left field. Like yeah. Zach Wierenski still has another year left on his deal. Everyone knew he was going to have to get resigned soon because they just traded away Seth Jones. So he signs for six years at 9.583, which makes him the third highest paid defenseman in the entire NHL, which is crazy because he's not a top three defenseman in the NHL. So with no. Zach Grawenski, I think they had to overpay at least by over a million per year for him. Like 8.5 would have been easier to stomach, in my opinion, like similar to like a, a high skin in contract. But nine point, like over 9.5 is ridiculous for Rowenski. <laughs> like he can score goals. He's, he's a very good defenseman. Don't get me wrong. He's only 24. Um, but still, like they had to overpay to keep him. They did not want to lose Rowenski like they just did with Jones yeah. and many other uh, UFAs in the past. They had to overpay for him, which is fine. He's going to be a part of the Columbus Blue Jackets for a long time. <laughs> um, they got a lot of exciting prospects coming up. They have a t- they had a ton of draft picks that they recouped in this year's draft and next year's draft. So Columbus, their new plan with Keke Line and John Davidson's return as president of <laughs> Hockey Ops. I really like John Davidson um, with the moves that they made here and there. So, and they also got like first for like David Savard and Nick Foligno at yep. the deadline, which was really good for them. Mm-hmm. So Columbus, they're gonna be bad still. They they have a young team, but they have a direction at the very least. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think means the most to fans and, you know, other hockey fans like me and myself. Like, at least I know what this team is going to be, right? The only question is, is $9.5 million going to be good in a rebuild? I don't know. That's yeah. the only question. So we'll see what happens on the Columbus front. We're bouncing off divisions teams here, but we're going to go to the Boston Bruins. And they made some moves. So the first one that fell off the board was Taylor Hall. They re-signed him for four years, $6 million, which is a very, very, very solid deal for solid deal for Taylor Hall because he'll be surrounded by Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchand, not David Krejci though, because he's going back to Czech Republic. That, that was a very surprising move. Krejci, like this was a possibility for him. He has said multiple times he wanted to finish his career in the Czech Republic, but like he had such, he's still like a really still good, good player. Like, very still good. good. He's just turned 35. So it's not like he's like 40. Like, he could have probably stayed with the Bruins maybe two- or three-year deal and then go to Czech Republic. Like, really surprising at the timing of it because, um, like, they, they're still in that window where they could potentially still win a cup, Boston. They're just in the finals two years ago. Um, and then he just – he leaves on his own terms, basically, which is fine. Uh, but now they really have a hole at second-line center, the Boston Bruins. Like, I don't know if Charlie Coyle could fill that hole. Um, he's going to have to because I don't think there's many uh, guys on the market left to sign for that role. So we'll see what happens there. But they made a bunch of other signings as well that we'll get to here. They um, they re-signed Mike Riley three years at $3 million, which is a solid deal. He'll help run that power play because McAvoy, for how good he is, he's not really a power play guy. Um, I think Riley could be like that Tory Crew kind of player where he's a pass-first guy and he, can, he has that vision to make those plays. They also signed Nick Foligno to two years at 3.8. So just bolstering that depth, that third line for them. Derek Forbert, three years, three million. Uh, that's an overpay for Forbert. I mean, he was not that good this year. So, I mean, that was a little bit of a puzzling move. They they signed Eric Halla two years at 2.3 million. So that's a decent move. Maybe he can slot into the second line center role, but that's still kind of weak. And they, uh, they signed Thomas Nosek two years at 1.7. Uh, to be on that fourth line because I believe Sean Corrali went yep. to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So he's just going to replace that role. Mm-hmm. And then another 
big piece of news with the Bruins. Rask had hip surgery, and his whole future is up in the air. He's either <laughs> going to retire or return to the Bruins like sometime during the season where they'll, where they'll sign him to like a one-year like minimum. Yeah, that's what I heard. Like, because it's going to be about a six-month recovery process. So January, February, he might return to the team. But again, mm. he might even retire outright. He's 34 <laughs> years old. So Boston, knowing that, they made a big move as well in their goaltending position. They signed Linus Allmark five years at $4 million with the Bruins, who's basically their new starter now yep. after having a pretty unhealthy year last year with the Sabres. They're really hoping uh, Allmark and, I guess, Swayman could be like that tandem. <laughs> Which is a downgrade from what they had last year, I, I in my opinion. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, they're they're younger in that position because they did have Ross Kalak, who are both older goalies. Um, so we'll see what happens with the Bruins. They had a decent amount of change this offseason for sure, though. Yeah, is it change for the better, change for the worst? I would like to think it's better because they got. I didn't realize how much money they spent the Bruins this offseason, but they they spent. I think they had about twenty million dollars in cap space, and I believe they used all of it because. You know, they got guys like um, Nick Foligno, Eric Hala, Thomas Nosek, the defenseman as well, Mike Riley, Fort Hall. Then losing Krejci, that was like, what, $7 million off the books. So you're able to sign these guys and then Rask $7 million as yeah. well off the books. But mm -hmm. I think I'd rather have a Tuka Rask on my team than, you know, the guy goalie they signed. But I'm not saying Linus Solmark is the bad goalie. He's very good. Just it's a lot to eat up for $5 million, four years when a guy who's basically got pummeled on the Buffalo Sabres his whole career, but he's solid. He's solid. Yeah, he's solid. It's just we don't know kind of what he yeah, is because, like you exactly. said, he was behind that awful Sabres team, and, like, he has some injury concerns as well. So, I mean, the Bruins' defense is a lot better than oh, Buffalo, yeah. so it'll probably make his workload a lot easier. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have to go up and down a million times a game to make, like, 50 saves. <laughs> um, it was ridiculous last year. It was ridiculous. Uh, they went through a bunch of goalies Buffalo did last year as well. Um, okay, so that's Boston. Now let's move yep. on to the Leafs and what okay. they did during free agency. <laughs> well, they stole two of the Boston players last year. So I mean, we could quickly mention Andre Kasha, one year, 1.25, and then Nick Ritchie yesterday, two years, 2.5. I would have liked to see a forward signed by the Maple Leafs who makes like three point something instead like of two sign, guys. Like you said. Yeah, Sauter still out there. Thomas Tatar, not as bad, not a bad player. Slouch, just question the playoff. I guess you really know that. Yeah, he's but, not a big playoff guy, and it's not even just based on Montreal. It's based on like Vegas and even Detroit. He yep. does not have good playoff resume. But I'd rather have that guy in my lineup in the regular season, right? I mean, he's not a terrible player. He had what thirty points in fifty games this year, which is yeah. He had a bit of a down year compared to like last year, yeah. like. He was Montreal's best player. So, like, I have nothing wrong to say about Tatar. Just in the playoffs, he just that is not the same player. It's, like, proven at this point yeah, that he's not the same guy. And then staying on the Leafs as well, they got Peter Morazic in the, I think, the first, like, minutes of the free agency, which was really actually, like, kind of surprising in terms of me looking at things that they're going to sign and goaltenders. I didn't think a goaltender would be the first thing they do, but – they signed Morazic 3.8 for three years, which is, it's fine. I mean, I really hope it was near the threes, the number, but I can't complain. You have, now you have a duo. There's no secret now. There you have a duo of Jack Campbell and Peter Morazic, whether it gets them far or not far, it's fine. They only eat up, what, $5 million of cap, which is not terrible. But I mean, what yeah. are your thoughts on that one? So my thoughts is that it's a good tandem for the season. 
However, in the playoffs, every single team that's won the cup has a de facto number one. Yeah, I we still don't know if Jack Campbell can replicate what he did last year. No one will know until it actually happens. If he's going to go seventeen three and one yeah. or whatever the hell he went last year. Yeah, um, they're back in the Atlantic Division, which is the hardest division in the league. Um, yeah. So I have no idea. They're going to split the tandem, so that's two good goalies to have to get used to the season. It's more when they get to the playoffs. Can Cam- Campbell was really good in round one. We all know that. But can he replicate that? Because as we've seen, every team that's won has literally a number one solidified goalie that's basically carried them through the run. You go back yeah. to Tampa going back to back. Then you have Bennington, who is unbelievable. Then you have Holtby, who didn't start the playoffs, but then really <laughs> like he was amazing during the playoffs as well. Then you go back to Matt Murray for the Pittsburgh back to back. He was unbelievable. So it's that. Can these guys carry the load throughout the whole playoffs? That's going to be the big question. You won't find that out till next April. So <laughs> if we if we freaking make it, you know this this division's too good, right? Yeah, I, I honestly seeing the Leafs being the fourth team, and that's that doesn't mean they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be in the wild card. The wild card, yeah. So Montreal's probably not making it. I don't see them making it unless like someone gets really hurt or they just surprise again, like they did this playoffs. I don't see Montreal making it unless they're like. There's only three teams that come out of the Metro, which I don't see happening either. Yeah, I mean, like, I, we're going to talk about Montreal next. We'll get to them. I'll, we'll talk about them because I, I really like what they did this offseason. But it's just the leaf factor. Like you said, like, Peter Mrazek is not even a starter to begin with, right? Like, he's a tandem yeah. guy. And yeah. like you said, you won't find out until April. We know what Peter Mrazek is. He's not a starter. He's a tandem guy. Are they – I've never seen in, like – Maybe the Carolina Hurricanes did it last year with Nedeljkovic and uh, Mrazek, but they didn't go one game, one game, one game, one game. We might see that for the first time, I think, in, ever. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to probably be going with the hot hand, um, yeah. if I were to guess. Because like what they did this playoffs, like Nedeljkovic and Mrazek, is that Jel- – ne- well, I can't even say his name. Nedeljkovic, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. yeah. Um, he started the whole Nashville series fine. And then Morazic, mm-hmm. I guess, was getting healthier and healthier because he was out <laughs> most of this year. And then uh, Ned let in those two awful goals in Carolina, if I remember, yeah. versus Tampa, that basically cost him the game, like especially in game one, that Goudreau goal. Um, so they went back with Morazic. They won in game three. They started Morazic again. He got completely embarrassed in game four when Tampa scored like five, six goals in a row. Then they went back to Ned. And then it was just like when you have that inconsistency in a series, it's it's not good. Does that means you don't really trust either guy? Um, so that was the same with Florida too. They had three goalies in one yeah. playoff series. Like that's yeah. that's unheard of. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's not a positive factor on the team, and we've clearly seen it, right? Yeah. And then just talking about these two goalies, we'll get off the topic of the two goalies, but they both seem to get injured a lot, and that's a big like thing going to next year if someone can stay healthy. Like it's, if two, if both of them go down, this team uh, is not They're good. Screwed. They're yeah. screwed. Yeah. So they also signed, I guess, signed Michael Bunting. Wow, what a signing there! So two <laughs> years, nine hundred K. The guy had a twenty-eight percent shooting percentage in twenty-one games this year. Uh, also, also, another big Sue Greyhound. Let's go. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> and then they signed Curtis Gabriel, one year, seven point. Ah, that's just like I don't know. I don't even then, know who that is, but yeah. yeah. David Kampf, uh, two years, 1.5. That's a lot of money. I don't care if it's 1.5 for what he can do. Just play penny kill. It's a lot of money. So 
that's like a league man type of contract. Yeah, I, guy. Before the Nick Ritchie and Kasha signings, I I did not like the the lineup for the Leafs this year. I did not like. It's one of the worst lineups I've ever seen in my lifetime. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, the I know they have the big four, pathetic, but now they address it a little bit. Yeah, before that, but like before that, I was just like, "Are you? This is what they're going and like." Then they use their money on uh, Richie and Kasha, which is not terrible gambles for sure. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm in love with this team. Like, it doesn't excite me. Uh, it's worse than last year, that's for sure. Yes, hundred percent worse than last year. But we'll get to the Habs because. I'm excited to see what this team could do. I don't know if you are, but I don't know. I I'm I don't know if they'll make the playoffs because the Atlantic's too good. So the Habs they made two moves. They made a couple moves right out the gate as well. Yep. So they their big kind of signing out the gate was David Savard, four years at three point five. Um, we all know. Oh, actually, I don't even know if we talked about this, but Weber's basically done. <laughs> um, he Bergevin basically confirmed he's a hundred percent done for all of next year and potentially his career, which would be an awful way to go out for a guy that yeah. played as like the type of style he played, how much he, how much like hard he gave to what it like both Nashville and Montreal, that whole run he went on. That's why he was crying at the end when they lost, he mm-hmm. was the most emotional on the ice out of all the players there. Cause I guess, I guess the team already kind of knew what he was going through. Just all these injuries caught up with him, his knee, his ankle, his foot. Um, so right now his his career's in jeopardy. His whole next year is basically done. He's gonna be thirty six in uh, this month. Mm-hmm. So his basically eight million is gonna go on the LTIR this year. Who knows if he's ever gonna come back? This would be a tough way to go out for Weber. Yeah. Um, and then right after Carey Price had knee surgery, um, he's gonna be out the whole off season. But he should he's gonna be ready to start uh, the year. Yeah. They said even if not, we have Jake Allen still, who's going to be making two million less than last year, so they saved a bit of money there. Um, um, it just sucks because like they all knew that was the run that they had in them with Weber. Yeah, uh, who knows if they'll have, if they'll get back there with the team that they have right now? So we'll see. But it just sucks from the if he goes out like yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so going on to their move. So David Savard, so the reason they signed him is to replace Weber, essentially, especially on the, the penalty kill and just the physical aspect. Mm-hmm. And he's a Montreal guy, so that's okay. Um, I'm actually pretty happy with the contract overall. Like I was expecting, like like we said, all, we saw all this money thrown to defensemen. Yeah, yeah. Tucker Pullman makes more <laughs> than this guy. Like, take that in. And, and Savard's a much better defenseman oh, yeah. than Tucker Pullman. So I'm, I mean, four years is like, again, very solid contract. I'm decently happy. He's only 30, so it's going to be okay. It's similar to the Edmondson deal, but he's older than Edmondson, which is fine. Uh, the only problem now, Montreal's defense, which they, they might still address this offseason, whether to trade or whatever, is they need another puck moving defenseman yes. behind Peach because they don't have any. Like Romanov is not really, he's still more defensive, in my opinion, unless they. Again, they have to, I think, trade for someone because I think they have too many wingers now because they just signed another one yes, in Mike did. Hoffman, yeah. uh, three years at $4.5 million AAV. I, I kind of like this contract as well. They needed a guy, a left-handed shooter uh, to help the power play. He's not going to be great five-on-five. Five. He definitely could help the power play. He's a, he's a shoot-first guy. They have too many passers on that team, in my opinion, or too many guys that, you know, take – they don't have elite shots. Well, they have Caulfield now who's going to be there. Suzuki can shoot it sometimes, but 
this guy's lethal on the power play, which is what they needed. So I'm happy with that. I mean, he's not really going to provide much outside of that, but at three years, it's not too much of a huge commitment to him. He's only 31, so he can skate still. He's got some hands, so I'm decently happy with that. Um, they're also going to be getting back Jonathan Duran this year. Who knows what he's going to do this coming year. If he can just replicate anything like he had at the start of the 1920 season before mm. he had that wrist surgery, mm. I'll be happy. Um, and they also made some other depth signings like Cedric Paquette, like one year 900K, Matthew Perot, one year 900K. So they got, for some reason, they brought a bunch of Quebec born guys over for some reason. And again. then, again, because they, they lost one this year yeah. and that was Philip Deneau. So we all knew this was a possibility. But the fact that he got what he got to the team that he went to is just such a puzzling move. So he signs with the LA Kings, who are in a rebuild, with a bunch of center prospects in the pipeline for six years at 5.5 to be a second for a shutdown center, basically. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that deal? Well, I know your thoughts, and that's thank God they didn't sign that. Yeah. Similar with you and Hyman. <laughs> exact similar almost exact same money yeah, just one year exactly. last right yeah yeah but yeah it's that's a lot of money for philip to know i mean the guy can play defense on an elite level there's no denying that but like you're really sure you want to play him behind anze kopitar and pay him that money right it's yep. weird especially like you said they have so many center prospects which they definitely should move for jack eichel there i i don't know why they're so scared but I know clearly they don't see Jack Eichel being in the fold because they signed Philip Deneau, right? Like, is Philip Deneau going to be your third-line center making 5.5? No. Yeah, they better hope not. So, but, like, I, w- I want to talk about the Habs, go back to the Habs. Like, sure. I-, I like this team. I don't hate it. Like, sure, you're getting Mike Hoffman on free agency. You're also getting another free player, Jonathan Drouin. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's a question mark because you don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. But, like... I like Jonathan Drouin. He's a skilled player. Just like, I don't know what happened to him in Montreal, man. He just, the pressure just, the pressure just him. got to him. Yeah. Like, like he's had his moments here and there. Like he had a like two, I think one or two 50 point seasons. Like yep. he was been solid, but like last year he was awful. Like mm. playmaking wise, he had 20 plus assists, which is fine in 40 piss games, but he doesn't score. He only <laughs> had two goals last year, which is awful. Yeah. <laughs> so like he is skilled, like he has his moments, but they're just, he's too inconsistent and he's making like five and a half million and you need a guy like him to play, yeah. make and make plays here and there. If he's on his game, which hopefully he recovered from whatever he was dealing with, mental health issues, most likely the pressure and all that got to him. Hopefully he kind of turns a new chapter on this. Cause again, he even had a decent bubble too. Like he was mm-hmm. pretty solid in the bubble, I would say. So if he could just, be that skilled playmaker that they need and make some skilled plays. That's all they need. And yeah. the, the big thing with Montreal now, since they lost to no, they're really weak at center again. They have Suzuki. They have Jake Evans. They have to re-sign Kakenyemi. But after that, it's very thin. Um, they're either going to have to make a trade. They're linked to Eichel. They're not linked to Eichel. So who knows what happens there. But um, we'll see what happens. there. I think they really have to... <laughs> sign Suzuki this summer somehow so they could yeah. get him on a good deal um like I went I would be very happy giving him like eight years at seven like million right now because if he has another really good year like how he had in the playoffs in this past year because he's gonna mm-hmm. be with Caulfield all season long <laughs> I don't know what how much he'll ask for 
Yeah, so I would give him true. eight times six point five to seven, like right now, because I think he's that good. Yeah, and then when people see the signings, like, oh man, they overpaid. Well, I don't think so. He's going to grow into that two-way forward who can pass and shoot. So not a really yeah. bad contract to sign, especially we're seeing the other contracts around him being signed. But uh, clearly, the plan for the Montreal Canadiens, like like you said, is Weber on the IR, maybe another guy on the IR because they have zero million dollars in cap space and have to sign Kakanyemi, which is probably what three million dollars for something for yeah years? probably a bridge deal two yeah. years three million or something see what he can prove but i mean like i'm not like maybe the habs maybe won't be as good defensively this year on the forward front but the scoring wise i think that problem is going to be solved yeah they have a lot of good wingers there yeah. like they have gallagher anderson to foley caulfield drewen hoffman like that's what i mean yeah. like they might Pretty make good. a trade here so i don't know what's going to happen they have, i think they have too many wingers <laughs> they might trade them for a centerman so who knows what happens yeah we'll see what happens but this division is going to be nuts all year like it, there's going to be so much bouncing back from first to maybe not first maybe tampa's got the locked up or boston but you know, we'll Top see what happens. It's going to be tough, very tough. Yes, very tough to make, especially for your team and my team this year. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, let's see what team we're going to go to next. I guess Florida. Sam Reinhart goes to Florida for a first and first in twenty twenty two, and Devin Levi, the goalie we saw in the Canadian World Juniors, solid, solid deal for the Florida Panthers, and they have to re-sign him. Obviously, that's like you said about uh, Suzuki. He's probably going to get around 7 million I'd say because he's what he was making five already and had a really good year yeah I would see like six and a half for sure for Reinhardt he's he's very good like he's not the fastest guy doesn't have the best shot but he's a really smart IQ guy like Suzuki and he could play center he could play the wing as well so he could kind of do it all he's pretty good defensively as well he could score goals he's a playmaker very underrated player in my opinion had a great year like you said on a terrible Sabres team so if they want to lock them up, I think they should do that. They also kind of locked up basically everyone else on Florida. They re-signed Duclair. They yep. re-signed Montour. They re-signed Bennett. They re-signed Verhage. Yes. Now the big one is their captain, Alex Barkov, who's got one year left at 5.9. What is he going to ask for? Eight, <laughs> nine million dollars? Yeah, Franchise player? Yeah. 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 I think it's got to be around that. So they made a lot of commitments here. Florida, they're really banking on having a really good year this year with a tandem of guests of Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. Uh, their defense are going to get Ekblad back, which is huge. They lost yep. Yandel, but, because, but they saved money in that. Um, he was a liability a little bit defensively, Yandel. So they're hoping that Montour could help with that, even though he's not great defensively either. Or Uyghur, yeah. Or Uyghur could take that step, but he has been. He filled in pretty good for Ekblad when he went down. So Florida's got a good team again. Yeah, we said like the Atlantic them. is just super <laughs> tough. Yeah, except for the bottom. I mean, Buffalo, Detroit, but Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. Who knows? They could surprise. They could take a couple wins, like they did this year, off of teams. No, I, I, I like the Panthers a lot. Their top six is very nice. <laughs> very good. Yeah, especially if they stick Reinhardt at the second line center spot. Oof, they're gonna be good. They're going to be good. So that was the Panthers' moves. But bit term and money was a bit thrown away and around there because they yeah. have Reinhardt to sign with $7 million cap space, which is probably good. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens with the Panthers. But we'll go to the other Florida team, right in point. Resigns with Tampa a year early. So I don't know how much he's making now. He's making six, seven or something around there. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Making $9 million in the next uh, 
9.5 to be exact for eight years in Tampa. That is, that is a big contract, but it's horribly worth double, it. Yeah. I think it's a, still a steal. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. This guy, I said it last off season during the playoffs. This guy is unbelievable when he's on his game. Yeah. Like, he had he almost broke a NHL record for play consecutive games to the playoff goal. Like he has almost 30 playoff goals in the last two playoffs. Like that's unbelievable. Like if you make your money, you want you make you want to make your money, you make it in the playoffs. And this guy's been the best playoff player, him and Kucherov, the last two years, but him more so in terms of scoring goals, I would say. And playing center, he's a, he's very good defensively as well. Like he has, he's the full package. He could Daniel, he can snipe, he can play make, he can defend. He's he's one of my favorite players in the league like yeah. now. The last couple of years, I love Braden Point. Um, so even at nine point five, so now Tampa's got three guys making nine point five. Him, Kucherov, and Vasilevsky. So still no one making over ten million dollars on that team. Uh, like you said, he's still got another year left at 6.3, so it doesn't kick in until next year. Um, Tampa, man, they they lost their whole third yeah. line this offseason, which we talked about already with Goudreau, Coleman, and Gord getting picked up by Seattle. Um, they lost Tyler Johnson, which realistically helped them. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, offense. They, yeah, no offense. It did help them. Um, but they, they made a couple depth moves. They brought back Bogosian for three years at 850K, even though the term's a bit ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> it's still like about league minimum. They brought in Brian Elliott, one year 900K, who, which really they needed another backup goalie because McElhaney sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they brought in Corey Perry, two years at 1 million, who had a very good season with Montreal. Kind of sad that he left, to be yeah. honest. Uh, but if you can't beat him, join him. So I'm not really that mad. He's got <laughs> well, two chances to win the cup. Yeah, two chances, then he's gonna retire. And then <laughs> they signed uh, Pierre Edward Edward Belmar. I think one year, like league men. So just a bunch of depth guys. I think they're hoping a couple prospects like Taylor Radish can maybe step in on the third line potentially. They still got like Pat Maroon there on that fourth line. Um, so the, it's the top of the roster and that whole decor that they managed to somehow keep. Yeah. Uh, is going to be locked in again. So they're all going to be on the same page. They know what, what they're capable of. It's just more so the, the that third line is going to have some question marks. It's yeah. definitely not going to be as good as this year. No, but I think when you know you have a guy like John Cooper and you have guys who are in and out of the lineup this year, especially in the regular season, and when they jump in the playoffs, they didn't look like they missed a beat, right? Like a guy like Matthew Joseph, who I think he just started playing in the finals, didn't miss a beat at all. So yeah. Just like they, they definitely did take a hit um, in the third line position and fourth line position. But, you know, when you have guys at the top of your lineup make the money they do. And produce like everywhere. they do. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to be an issue. So we'll yeah. see the Tampa Bay Lightning back at the top of the food chain for sure. Just whether it's in the one, two spot, they're going to make the playoffs unless something catastrophic happens. The only t- the only thing I could see them not making the playoffs is if Vasilevsky misses like the whole year yeah. or something or half the year. It's yeah, hurt or that'd something. Be, that'd be a tough pill to swallow if I'm the Lightning. But I think that's it with the Florida teams. Um, we still have a lot of shit to talk about still. But yeah, we're over an hour in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess Kill McCarr, another young player, another young defenseman we mentioned. Nine mil per year, six years. Pretty good. Pretty good. I think it's good value. Like it's not even an overpay. Like no. I I would have loved if they got eight years out of McCarr. Yeah. That would have been ideal for the Colorado Avalanche, but still six years. You got his whole prime uh, locked up. 
Um, he's the top three defenseman in the NHL already. He's just going to turn 23. So that's amazing for the Colorado. Uh, they also, like we said, we already mentioned this earlier, but they re-signed their captain, Gabriel Landeskog, eight years at $7 million AAV. That's right, a yep. pretty solid contract. Maybe not the last couple of years because Landeskog is more like that power forward. He hits, he's physical, but he's very skilled as well. He's only 28, so he's still in his prime. Just maybe the last two years might be a bit rough for that contract. Yeah. Um, another massive signing here we have to talk about. Alex Ovechkin re-signs with the Washington Capitals five years at $9.5 million. So he's making the exact same money he is this year, five years. <laughs> so this will take him till he's 40 for oh, sure. Yeah, he's turning 36 in September. Does this mean he'll catch Gretzky? Do you think he'll catch it? He needs to average 33 goals a year to catch him. Dude, like, I mean, I think that's why he signed this contract. Like, come on. Yeah, like, no, he even said it. He said it. He's like, if, yeah. he's like the five years. He's like, we added the extra two years. So they, <laughs> I, they had the possibility. I think he actually said that in an interview because it's supposed to be three years, but they push it to five because he, I guess he still thinks he could catch him. Like, even this year, he had 24 goals in 48 games. That's 41 goals over a full season. Like, yeah, like I saw people online and podcasts made of mind saying this is a horrible deal. No. I, I think when it comes to an elite player and elite players in other leagues as well, like it doesn't matter. Money is irrelevant when you have a player like this and the stature. Yes, is. 100%. Like, I, I don't really care what much. Like Crosby could sign for $15 million. I don't care. It's Sidney Crosby. You have him, your best player locked up. Best player in Washington's history right here could make NHL history with being Gretzky's record. Like obviously the goal is still to win another cup, but at the same time, the five years is come on. It's looking for Gretzky. Yeah, exactly. Like again, he's making the same. So it's not like he got more Yeah, and kind of cleared some salary as well for them to sign him to the same deal. And they're also like maybe looking at shipping off Kuznetsov as well. He's He's had issues. He makes over 7 million. So maybe if they, even though I don't know if it'll be a better team like this, maybe if they ship him off, get another second line center that makes a little bit less and like another winger, they still could be a good team. Like I know they've had, they've been really bad the last couple of years. I haven't made out of the first round, but um, we'll see what happens. They still have a cup window in my opinion. Uh, they're still a good team. Very good regular season team uh, for sure. They still got a good team. Like I said, again, if people are saying this is overpaid, this is a guy who still even analytically is just a beast. Though. He's not going to provide you much on the defensive end. We all know this. Five on five, he's gone better over the years. He's not super reliant on the power play. Um, you know, I mean, this is a legacy move, like you said. Yeah. This is their best player in their history. Washington, obviously, they would love another cup, but he got them that cup. He yeah, did exactly. it. That core did it. I think they'll be okay if they don't win another cup. They want to be the team. They want to be the team that has the guy that breaks Gretzky's record. Crazy. Crazy. So I think that means more to them than anything right now. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, would I have loved for Alex Ovechkin to make, what, a million less? Yeah, but, like, it doesn't matter, man. He's It's it's Ovi, man. He did everything for that franchise, right? You hand him a blank check, he's putting whatever number on it. Yeah, and I think he actually negotiated this himself. He doesn't have an agent in That's anymore. right. Yeah, I heard that too. <laughs> With the yeah. family in the background. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Okay, so what did we miss? 
Carolina did some moves. D Tony D'Angelo, which is getting ridiculed out there. I love second chances. I'm all for second chances. He got a year off. I mean, yeah, maybe he's going to come in this, as the same as the same player, and then he's going to be out of there in a year, right? Like it's just a gamble that I guess the Carolina Hurricanes are making because, well, I mean, they lost Dougie Hamilton. There's no surprise there. Nine million dollars for seven years to the New Jersey Devils. But I want to stay on Carolina for a second. They got D'Angelo right-handed shot. They got Ethan Bear right-handed shot. They got Ian Cole a left-handed shot, and they also got a goalie, Freddie Anderson. Two years, 4.5, back where it all started. The first, I believe, draft team who we didn't report to, uh, he's going back. So, I mean, they lost Morazic, lost Ndelkovic. <clears throat> they lost Bernier for a couple of days too. But this is a solid move for the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't – maybe they maybe took a step back in losing Hamilton, but I don't really think they took a drastic step back in terms of the winning mode now, right? Yeah, like the the only thing is like they kind of made these weird decisions, like yeah. you said, like the Nadelkovich trade was so dumb. Like yeah. he was only asking for three million, but you paid Anderson, <laughs> who's like way older and like has more injury history right now. More than that, they also signed Anti Ranta two years, two million. Right, like, another guy with injury issues. <laughs> I just I don't understand that decision at all. You bring in Tony D'Angelo again. Second chances are fine, but it's just like everyone's trying to cancel him. <laughs> Um, then like we, they also brought in Derek Stepan last night, one year at 1.3 million. So, I mean, like you said, they didn't necessarily get worse in their window, but I think they lost like more yeah. top caliber players and kind of yeah. spread that money around. They still have to sign Sveshnikov. He's going to ask for at least 8 million, I think, because he's, he's a, he's elite. He's a mm -hmm. really good player. Um, they have Aho locked up, you know, Tro Trocek's still there, right? Yep. Yep. Teravine is still there. So they yep. still got a good team. They got Rod Brindamore. They re-signed him in the coaching staff. So they still got sure. all those pieces there. Just, I mean, they still don't, they still have some question marks in that. Again, who's the starter? How's the injury history going to uh, hold up with those guys? Yeah. And then like, are those guys like D'Angelo and, and whatever, are they, are they going to be able to replace Hamilton? Cause that left side is still really good. You got Slave in there obviously is like their big kind of shutdown guy. So we'll see what happens with Carolina. Yeah. It just, it just feels like that Hamilton loss is like, like you look, I'm looking at their team at cat friendly. It just feels like, it just feels like they're just missing like the big guy. And they are like, you know, I, Tony D'Angelo had a good year a few years ago, but like, I don't know if you're going to replace a Dougie Hamilton type defenseman. Like you sure you can get two players who can put, provide offense, but I don't know if you're going to replace the numbers Hamilton was putting up, but at the end of the day, like they're Tony D'Angelo, Ethan Bear, all these guys are going to be surrounded by other great players. So maybe they excel. Just just feels like they're missing that big hole on defense. So yeah, which they could have easily resigned, but they chose not to. That was ultimately the decision. Like they yeah. could have, they literally offered him eight Did years you? at six point two million. Like how cheap can you be? My God. And I'm pretty sure the money they went out there and spent they could have signed Hamilton easily. They had like 30 million in cap space before they yeah. made these moves. 30 million. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Uh, weird, weird, weird situation for Carolina. And then goes to the division team, the New Jersey devils who are also in a bit of like, we're just seeing a theme here, bad contracts, bad term and teams without a position. Where are they? Are they a rebuilder? Are they contender? Are they can make the playoffs. And that's the New Jersey devils. I don't know. Yeah, like they got a lot of nice pieces there. They re they signed Bernier to back up 
uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, but that's still like two years at like four points. Yeah, making more than Blackwood. Exactly. Like what the hell? Like you better have a tandem than if you're paying him yeah. that much. Um, they, like you said, they signed Hamilton, which is a big get for them, but they still have Supe there when you're making nine million. So they got two guys as of right now making nine million on that right side, which is kind of yeah. messed up. But uh, yeah, like I think they have a lot of good forward pieces, especially uh, New Jersey does. Obviously, yeah. Hughes, he's sure they just drafted uh, Luke Hughes as well. He's obviously not yep. going to play this year, probably not even next year as well. He's going to develop still, but they got pieces there. Um, I don't really know the direction of that team because they just signed a 28 year old in his prime <laughs> to like nine million. Yeah. And they're not; they're definitely not making the playoffs next year. I don't see it. Within that Metro, there's still a lot of good teams like the Islanders, Pittsburgh, Capitals, Philly made a lot of changes. The Rangers, who knows? Like they're still not gonna make the playoffs, but they have pieces there. I just some of the age is of the players that they have are kind of like all over the place. Yeah, that's the so, problem. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I, I see a young, I see a 2016, 17 Maple Leafs team in this team, but the minus the big defenseman that they got on free agency for nine yeah. million dollars. <laughs> Just like I, I don't know if the forward group is good enough to make it because I don't even think they have enough players signed. They have eight forwards signed. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, they gotta um, get on that. <laughs> So, like, maybe Palmieri returns, sure. That makes them a better team for sure up front. Just, like, it's weird, right? Like, <laughs> they have all these young guys, and they just go out there. Okay, here, here, Hamilton, $9 million. Yeah, like, they have to surround them with more depth, I think, yeah. instead of going big game hunting, That's, which they did. Yeah, I was exactly going to say that. It's like, worry about the little stuff that maybe gets you in the playoffs and the big stuff. Like, did they have to go on to Hamilton? No, but it makes them a better defensive team, right? But yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, busy, busy in the NHL. I think that's actually it. I think yeah, so, that's actually it. Okay, one thing that we forgot to mention here. Uh, actually, two things. So, Winnipeg. We yes. harped on their defense being a big issue all year long, even going into last season. I was yep. the one that really said they weren't going to go very far. And, they, mm-hmm. okay, they made the second round, but they got exposed horribly. <laughs> so, they went out and, and uh, traded for two defensemen, Brandon Dillon from the Capitals for, I believe, a second and a third. Yeah, something like that. Or, yeah, and then they traded for Schmidt for a, a second, I think. A third, I think. I think a third, yeah, you're right. So actually it was Dylan for two seconds, which is actually a pretty hefty price to pay considering uh, Colorado last offseason got Devon Taves, who's like 10 times better for two yep. seconds. Yeah. Um, but Dylan, but anyways, they had the cap space. They needed to address their defense, and they did. So this is automatically makes them better. Now they have Morrissey, Pionk, Schmidt, Dylan. Logan Stanley, Dylan DeMello. I still think they need another puck moving defenseman potentially. Uh, because like that, other than Morrissey and Pionk, they don't really have any. Yeah. So they might need another one. Schmidt, because kind of like that, if he can get back to his form when he was with Vegas, because last year was not very good with him with Vancouver. Uh again, there's a lot of money tied up in these guys, especially Schmidt makes almost six million for the next three years. But they needed to address their defense and they did. So We'll see if Winnipeg could be a better team. They're really hoping Pierre-Luc Dubois actually plays like how he's supposed to play, like how he did in the bubble with Columbus. Um, but otherwise, their four groups still solid. They lost Mason Appleton, so that maybe they have to address that. I still think they have to sign like Andrew Kopp, potentially. Yeah, no, they do. It's He's an RFA right now. And Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they re-signed Adam Lowry already. I already know that, so... It's it's weird. They're in a weird position as well too, because like, sure they 
I mean, they addressed the, top the six defense. Is still of, amazing, but yeah, yeah, it, it's just like is the other team is the other players they plug into the bottom six going to be like the players that did it last time? I don't know because they only have nine signed. They need a few more guys. So mm-hmm. I don't know if Adam Lowry, Riley Nash, Jansen Harkins, and Andrew Kopp are the guys who I want in my bottom six to you know be like players who can plug in because I, th- I I don't know how much capital do they have. They have they seven have, million. Okay, so they have some space. They could maybe sign like a Thomas Tatar potentially if they really that would want be to. Really good. So yeah, that would that'd really, really help, good. like their middle six. Like maybe you can play on the second, third line. You can move Stastny to the third line. Who? Oh yeah, they also brought back Stastny one year yep. at three point seven five, which is a bit much, but he's still a solid player. They, they he likes Winnipeg. They like him, so not really too much to complain there. But yeah, so if they could bring in like maybe a Thomas Tatar, which I could really see, maybe three years at like four million or something. That he play on the second line with Dubois and like Connor or Ehlers or whatever, that'd be pretty cool. And then you have Stastny and Lowry on the third line with the cop or something. That'd make the team a little bit more better. So we'll see what they do. Yeah, we'll see. And I just keep laughing at Nate Schmidt's cap hit. It's almost six million. Yeah. Man. It's it's absurd. <laughs> I'm surprised Vancouver didn't eat at least like a million dollars off that. But you know, I, I also said in the group chat. Like, why didn't they do that move for Schmidt or Dylan? Like, maybe Schmidt to be specific because Vancouver Canucks were nowhere close to making the playoffs. I'm just, I'm just curious on why they didn't make that move on the deadline if the price was higher. I mean, you still paid a third. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My thinking on that is that maybe was that when they were coming back from the COVID thing? No, I, I think was this it was after? after. I don't remember because, now. Yeah, no, it was after because the trade deadline happened and, um. Who did they No, it might have been no it was definitely after i feel like it was after okay oh yeah you're right because they got jordy from vancouver that's right yes yes okay so maybe at the time schmidt's price was higher and they didn't yeah, want to pay that so who knows and then they i guess they really saw in the playoffs that they got exposed by montreal like bad <laughs> like hellbuck really had to make 40 saves a game and they still got yeah. spoke crazy so i guess they just saw them like okay we have to go get them now like yeah. maybe they were thinking about it but they want to pull the trigger and they also have Brian Little sitting on IR as well. Maybe he's coming back. I don't know. but Yeah, I highly doubt it. Like, his career was in jeopardy, too. <laughs> and then they obviously lost Lauren Borsois, their backup. So, I I am confident in saying Eric Comrie is finally going to get a shot in the NHL as a backup <laughs> goalie. But yeah. we've been saying that since, like, he entered the league in, like, 2017. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, if we'll see. He's been bouncing around horribly. Yeah, and I did not realize Neil Pionk's an RFA, so that's an issue for them. Hmm. Wait, this summer he's RFA? Yeah, he's an RFA, him and Logan okay. Stanley. All right, so there goes the Tatar money that I was just talking about. <laughs> there goes the money on forward. It's, it's yeah. weird, man. Like, their defense was definitely an issue, but, like, scoring-wise, I don't – like, it's like the Leafs. I don't think I could trust the bottom six. Yeah, their bottom there. six has some question marks, and defensively still, like, it, there's not, like, really, like, a solid 100% yeah. guy, number one. Like, Morrissey is that guy, but, again, he isn't that guy. They're playing yeah. him like he's that guy, and he's right. not. He, he's, like, a number three, I think. Yeah. He's playing, like, a one. We'll see what happens, but I, I think that is all the signings and trades and whatever we've went through it's an hour like 22 i'm not saying i want to end it i'm just saying i think that's all the signings here we have but it was a long long episode let me let me just quickly go through if we talked about everything Um, yeah i want to see um actually one last thing colorado so we were talking about Bauer going to seattle so what did they have to do they quickly pivoted to the arizona (laughs) coyotes who are on full-on sell mode and they traded for darcy kemper 
uh, who has one year left at 4.5, but I believe Arizona is retaining 10%. So whatever. So Darcy Kemper, 10% retention. So he makes like under 4 million, which is really good. But they had to give away a 2022 first and Connor Timmons to the Arizona Coyotes, which is a hefty price to pay for Darcy Kemper, who is a really good goalie. Again, has some injury issues and they do have to sign him next summer. So what are your thoughts on this final trade here? <laughs> no, it is a, I give credit to Joe Sackick for, well, not really credit, but like he lost Grubauer for free, obviously he signed with the Kraken, but he pivoted right away. And that night he got Darcy Kemper for a first and Connor Timmons solid move. I mean, that's the guy, that's a goalie they need. And you know, his injuries is a question mark, but so was Grubauer's in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's like you needed the guy to help you get over the hump. And I think that get Kemper will fill the void that uh, Grubauer was uh, maintaining there. They're also getting Pavel Francouz back next year at $2 million, which helps because he was a solid backup a few years ago. But Darcy Kemper is definitely a good goal in this league. I, I'd like to think he's sometimes a top 10 when he's on his game. He also did play in Arizona. We're going to see Darcy Kemper in Colorado on the, one of the best teams in the league. So. I think that conversation is going to be put to bed and he's a top 10 goaltender because now he plays on a good team, right? We're going to see him. Yeah, for sure. What's the last one? Wow. (laughs) Also a massive episode. Yeah. I mean, RFA Tyler Bertuzzi goes back to the Red Wings 4.75 for two years. Um, Not much else. Not much else. We've mentioned everything. So I think that's pretty much it, but. There's still RFAs on the board, still UFAs on the board. Many, many, many players still to be uh, signed. Like Brady Kachuk in Ottawa, what the hell is he getting? Like Probably 8 by 8 I would think. Yeah, Quinn Hughes, Kevin Fiala, Rakab Varana on the Red Wings. Elias Pedersen, Andrei Sveshnikov. Yeah, Beauvillier, like it's just yeah. Rasmus Dahlin. Like it keeps going, man. A lot of RFAs. Keeps going, man. So... We'll keep tabs on everything, obviously, throughout the offseason. We're just going to need a bit more creative ideas because we went through everything possible. Oh, yeah. We might have to start getting creative, like you said. Hopefully, there's maybe a Jack Eichel trade in the future. Because We'll just quickly address this. He actually issued a statement yesterday, his camp, and they are absolutely furious with the Sabres (laughs) right now and the whole process. They went to the surgeon. The surgeon says to do the surgery. Buffalo's still not commenting on that. They want a resolution right now. They want to get traded right now. So maybe this intensifies the trade because it kind of slowed down a bit on trade deadline day. I mean, not trade deadline day, free agency frenzy. Um, It kind of slowed down. Teams are pulling out. Apparently, the Kings are completely out of it. Uh, There's some teams there. Maybe the price, they don't like the prices that they're getting. So maybe we'll have a resolution on this sometime this week. That'd be awesome. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, as we always do at the end of the so- episode, we plug in our uh, Twitter and Instagram, but we can't do that with the breakdown sports. So we're going to be doing, we're going to be on Twitter on a new account. So follow us at end to end pod underscore. And that's both on Twitter and Instagram. We'll maybe get a YouTube page out there to pull some uh, snippets and clips from the episodes. Maybe especially this one, because it was an hour and 30. So we'll get some stuff online. Going to be posting graphics, everything on polls, everything. We'll try and do everything as much as possible. What's going on in the hockey world? Good signing, bad signing, good trade, whatever. It doesn't matter. So me and Joel will be with you in the next episode. And we'll be back next week. Join us then. Woo!